Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Thank you, David. Thank you, worship team, for the incredible job you guys do week in and week out faithfully. So good to see you in church. Well, this morning, it's a pleasure uh, to have Lana going to be sharing the word this morning. Come on. Uh, we're in a series on hedges, and today we're speaking about the family hedges. I don't think there's no better person to be able to speak about that than, than her. She's certainly going to do a much, much, much better job uh, than I would ever do. Uh, in the words of Winky Pratney, we're all dysfunctional. It's just a question of degree. Uh, can I hear a name? Man, there. Gee, that was a loud amen. <laughs> and that's true of individuals, and that's true of families as well. And if our family has any semblance of normality, I tell you, it's because of Lana and the incredible work uh, that she has done in our family. It's because of the incredible sacrifices that she's done week in and week out for so, so many years and uh, investing in our family. Um, I know that I couldn't do what I do here week in and week out without her input and without her support. Uh, She's definitely a great gift uh, to my life, personally. Um, So I know that you are going to be blessed by the message today. So give her a big, 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 big welcome when she comes uh, to share today. Amen. Well, good morning. Okay. Well, I definitely am privileged to be sharing the word with you this morning. I was kind of saying to Lizzie last night, preparing this message is a bit like a pregnancy and giving birth. It's kind of like makes you uncomfortable, keeps you up at night, kicks you around, gives you reflux, and you can't wait to get it out. So, uh, but once you get it out, it's kind of like, oh, it was all worth the while. So um, please bear with me this morning as, uh, as I deliver the word um, that I pray that God has put in my heart uh, for the church this morning. So um, let's turn to our text, Job 1.10. It follows the book of Esther, and it says, my glasses, I need a new prescription lens. Have you put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? Have you blessed the work of his hands that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land? So that'll be our text for today. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I pray that you would bless this word to our hearts this morning. Father, that... um, It would just point us a little bit more towards you, Father. Father, I pray that you would uh, bless these words. Father, would you anoint my lips? Father, I pray that uh, you would break any stronghold that would set itself up to distract us from the delivery of this word this morning. Bless us together this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, as Joe said, um, we've been in a series called Building a Spiritual Hedge. And throughout this story, come, uh, through this, sto- this series, the story comes out of the book of Job. So Job was a very wealthy man. He was well-respected. He was a fantastic man. And in this chapter, God says to Satan, have you considered Job and have you thought about tra- troubling him? Now, if you ever thought you were going to be thrown under the bus, this is here right now. Have you considered Job and have you thought about troubling him? What's interesting is Satan's response, and it's the scripture we've just read. It says, have you not put a hedge around him and and his household and everything he has? Have you blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land? So Satan definitely knew the deal. So when the Bible speaks about a hedge, it speaks about the three things. It talks about the wall, it talks about the fence, and it talks about the barrier. Satan said, 
You have put a barrier around him. Because of that, I can't get to him. My prayer is this morning that God would build a hedge of protection around us. So far, we have looked at two reasons why we need a spiritual hedge. The first one is for protection and keeping the enemy out. And the other one is for us to flourish. So if we have those things inside the hedge, then we will flourish. Job 1.10 speaks about building three specific hedges. So last week, we looked at the personal hedge. Next week, we'll be looking at the possessions hedge. And today, I'm going to speak about the hedge of protection around our households and family. We know that the families are struggling in this society today. They've got a lot of things happening, probably more than ever before. We've got such things as competing demands. We've got work. We've got school. We've got extra school activities. We've got extended family commitments. We've got debt. And we've got technology. And also, we're also against the changing values of the world around us that definitely put pressure on our families. While the modern world does have these unique pressures, the principles for a healthy family are not new, but they're simple, they're timeless, and they're in this word of God. Paul to the Ephesians church says, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. I believe this passage of scripture also applies in the context of family. The enemy's goal is to bring disunity, division, and separation. He wants to weaken our hedge. The Bible says, The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy, John chapter 10.10. He knows that a united family is a powerful family and is the pillar of our society and it's the pillar of the church. So he will try and break down the family and he will try and break down the church and he will try and break down society. The devil does not sleep. If there's ever a time we need a spiritual hedge around our families, it's today. I want us to believe that we serve a God that wants to build a hedge around our families. He wants to protect us, he wants to guard us, and he wants to encircle our families so we can flourish. In Psalm 147.13 it says, For he has strengthened the bars of your gates and blessed your children within the walls. So you ask, how do we build this family hedge? Let me give you some thoughts today on how to build this spiritual hedge. The first thing we need to do is, like Joe spoke last week, is to build our own spiritual hedge, the one that belongs to us personally. God said to the people of Israel, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. These commands I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Notice the Bible says these commands are to be first on our hearts, then we are to impress them on our children. So it's a scaffold effect. We can't pass on to our children something that we don't have for ourselves. We can't tell our children to do something that we don't do first. So we model. Last week, Pastor Joe spoke about three simple things to build a personal hedge. And these also apply to our family hedge. So, you kind of, again, it's a scaffold. First, we need to pray and we need to seek God. It's by grace that God protects our families. However, we need to pray Jesus over our families. We need to pray for protection and wisdom. We need to pray words of faith. We need to pray that God will break the strongholds and that he will bring healings into our home. As we pray, God reveals truth to us and he gives us clarity. The Bible says the devil prowls around for whom he can devour. When I read that verse, I kind of see like a lion going for a smaller animal. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but you know they've got big teeth and they kind of really crunch into it and there's blood everywhere and it's pulling it apart. 
Sometimes we kind of like really gloss over all of these verses, but they're so true. So if we think about the devil as, as the lion, what he wants to do is he wants to tear us apart. He wants to destroy us. He wants to kill us. So that means, you know, not people in the, in the Bible times, but it's actually talking to us today. So we just don't want to gloss over this. So, you know, when I think about this and I think about the church, it's the reason why we gather here today as believers, because we know that there's a God and we know that there is a devil whose goal is to war for our souls. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Amen. Paul in the Ephesians says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against every rulers, evil rulers, and authorities of the unseen world, against every mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So we probably think, well, what does this verse actually mean? It means that the work he's doing, the work that the devil is doing, is he's warring for our souls. It's in the dark and it's not obvious. That's where prayer is so important because the battles that we, what we do, we need to do them on our knees. Um, such prayers move God to act on our behalf. We know that our God is powerful and he answers our prayers this morning. Prayer is how we build the hedge of protection. Secondly, the church. The church also provides another layer of protection. It's in another analogy of the family. Paul says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our gods. So when we think of the palm tree or when we think of the cedar of Lebanon, we think of a, a really strong tree. It's got a really big trunk. Its roots go really deep. And that's what he's saying about us. He wants us to be planted. He wants us to become strong. He wants to be planted deep. The church provides a place for this, where we can grow, where we can belong, where we feel connected, where we're protected, and most importantly, we're protected from deception. Because who knows, when we're on our own, the devil's out there, and what does he do? And he tries to put deception in our mind. But this place, called the church, keeps us safe. Someone said it takes a village to raise a child, and so it is for the church. The church is the village that protects the child and protects us. And we all have a part to play in this village. We all play a part in supporting each other as individuals and as families. And here today, we are family. As we look after each other and protect each other, we build a stronger hedge. We strengthen our hedge. Um, It was a nice story about the zebras, and I was thinking about it in regards to the church. So the zebras, if you see them... um, move through the plains. They actually move through together as large herds. They never kind of separate from each other. It's because it provides protection um, and it also looks out for the presence of predators. So how do they do this? They rely on their eyes, their ears and their nostrils. I thought that was very clever of them. So they're always on the lookout. They move together in herds. They're looking out for the lions. They're looking out for someone that's going to grab hold of them. So similar, the church... I think the church needs to be the eyes that watch. We need to be the ears that listen close to the ground about what's happening around us. And we smell out anything that's dangerous. So I encourage you, stay in the herd. Don't become a lone ranger. Coming to church as a family is very protective. The Bible says, train up a child in the way you should go. And when he is old, he will never depart from it. If we don't make the, the house of God a priority when our children are small, we can't expect them to want to come to church when they're older. And one of the important things about church is our kids need to find their belonging. First, they find their belonging at home. But secondly, they need to find their own pack. So that pack is best served here at church. Um, if they find some, their pack here, they won't go looking for their pack somewhere out there that's going to bring the negative influence 
Um, you know, we've got an amazing youth, youth in our church, and I love the way that they're committed. they committed on Friday nights. They come. They serve amazingly on Sunday mornings. They come to Bible college on Tuesday nights. They come to prayer on Wednesday nights. So I can't speak highly enough of our youth and how blessed we are to have the youth. So let your kids belong to this pack. It's really important. The third aspect is the Word of God. The Bible says, These commandments I give to you are to be on your hearts. Teach them and never let them depart from us. The Word of God is our guide. It teaches and instructs us. It's our responsibility as parents to be in the Word and encourage our families to do the same. As we heard last week, um, it's simple to build a personal hedge. What do we need to do? We need to pray, we need to read the Word of God and we need to be planted in the house. The second point is we need to guard the hedge. So who's standing guard at your wall, your boundary, your hedge? Who's watching out for the safety of your home? The Bible says, and the lookout shouted, day after day, my Lord, I stand on the watchtower. Every night I stay at my post. So what was the job of the lookout? Um, If you think of the Bible times in the towns, they used to have um, a big wall around their towns to keep them safe. The, the walls were often thick and they were tall and then there was the tower that stood even higher than the wall and the lookout person was there to watch out for the enemy. And the reason why it was tall is because that they could look far, far so they could see the enemy when it was still far away and it was still little. Um, so there was some real sense in what that uh, lookout was doing. He was actually looking at the little things from the distance so the town could prepare for the war or the battle and protect themselves from what seemed like something small, but as it, as it grew larger, it was getting closer. So the lookout's responsibility is to watch out for the enemy coming from afar while they were still long away from them or while they were still small to see. As parents, we need to be those watchmen, guarding our hedge, especially when they're small. We can't afford to be careless when it comes to standing watch over our families. The devil is never idle. He is always looking for small opportunities to come in and take over, to make himself at home and to find a gap in the hedge. Sometimes we actually welcome him in, don't even know it. We say, oh, it's okay, it's just this once, or it's not that bad. Remember, it's the small foxes that come in our homes and rob us of our joy and our peace. It can be as subtle as the busyness of life, and we all suffer that. Uh, It takes us away sometimes from putting God first in our homes. It can be the lifestyle choices that we make. And those choices sometimes are not always bad. But what they do is they begin to move us away from God. And it can be things like work, pleasure, sport, activities, or just plain old complacency. Sometimes we can even justify the decisions we make that put God in second place. Sometimes we're just fooling ourselves because slowly they start to change our values And they move the boundary post. So if I've got my boundary here, you know, this week I'll say, oh, do you know what? Just really can't make prayer tonight. You know, we'll go next time. And, you know, we're going on Sunday. And then Sunday it's kind of like, oh, do you know, it's just this, this one match. You know, we'll be going to church next Sunday. And sooner or later our boundary post actually starts to move. And before we know it, we've moved away from God. We leave gaps and holes in our hedge, leaving ourselves wide open for the devil to attack us. So don't be fooled by this deception. And the best thing to do is to check our hearts. King Solomon says the best, Above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life, in Proverbs 4.23. And we say why? Because our heart has the tendency to move away from God. 
So remember, if you want to build a strong family hedge, we need to guard it with intentionality. Thirdly, we need to understand the power of fun. So it's not all dramas this morning. We need to have fun, rituals, tradition in building our family hedge. Proverbs speaks about the power of joy. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. So as you can imagine, you hear Joe with his jokes from time to time. We hear them a lot at home. <laughs> and there's a lot of banter in our house. But what's happened over time is that Joe's actually become the, the subject of our banter. So he's actually the one that cops it now. Um, so it's, it's important to have lots of fun time in your house and to have lots of humour going on. Fun is one of the important ingredients to keeping us connected and brings us joy in our home. If we're connected, we feel like we belong, we feel safe and loved, which helps us grow and flourish. These building blocks are fundamental for a healthy home and build a secure hedge. If we don't connect, if we don't belong, if we don't feel loved or secure, then we feel lonely, we feel isolated, and eventually we withdraw. We withdraw from our families, we withdraw from the people that are closest to us. This is a primary way the devil can get in, if it can keep us separated and if he can keep us isolated. So we protect our wall by staying connected and building times of healthy connection. Um, you know, if we, if we look at the building industry, um, we can see how long, if some of you have built their home, how long it takes to build a house. It takes a long time. But if we look at knocking down a home, kind of can knock, knock it down in a day. You know, you'll drive past and see a bulldozer starting to build, bulldoze a home. And the next day you go past, it's an empty block. So it's a bit like that. It's more difficult to build those connections and build all of those great things to, in our home. But you know, it doesn't take long to break them down. So let's be wise. So some of the ways that we stay connected, simple things. We always talk about it. You know, the dinner table speaks about togetherness. It talks about a sense of belonging. So have dinner together. Family holidays. Keep it simple. It doesn't have to be five-star, although the more I'm getting older, it has to be five-star. <laughs> I need a comfortable bed. Joe goes, just as well you didn't come on this trip with me. The bed was really uncomfortable. Um, you know, picture a, a tent in the backyard. The kids don't, don't mind. A day at the beach, games night. I so love when um, the kids have, uh, you know, the kids over for a games night. There's so much banter going on, so much fun and laughter. So games night are amazing. Another ingredient is building rituals and traditions. These talk about who we are as a family and what defines us from others. It's where values are passed on. This is how we leave a legacy from one generation to another. So these include things like celebrating events, birthdays, graduation, jobs. I mean, we always make a point of if there's ever a celebration, there's always an excuse to go out to dinner. Um, it's a, a celebrating special holidays like Christmas and Easter, any of those um, events that are important to your family. I know that I love Christmas. I know it's a crazy time and I'm so stressed out, you know, the days leading up to Christmas, but wow, how beautiful when we gather with our families and friends. So that's really important. Another important tradition is storytelling, sharing stories of our family heritage. For some of us, it might be uh, the migration experience. For other families, it's just about their own family history. Knowing these stories help us to put our stories into perspective. It's about filling the gaps in our own stories and making sense of our stories. I kind of see it a bit like a jigsaw puzzle. Every time we find out a new story, it's like another piece of the puzzle is kind of brought in and the picture becomes clearer. The other thing that is really important is the stories of our Christian heritage. I'm sure that we all have a story of faith of our own or that of our parents or of our grandparents. How one person's decision has changed the course of history um, or our destiny. So 
Um, it's a story I love, and I'm trying not to cry when I say this story. <laughs> a story my mum often shares. It's a, she talks about um, my father was the first one that came to faith, um, and she didn't want to know anything about it. She was actually quite cross that dad had connected with the evangelists. She really just didn't want to know about it. She kind of stuck, dug her heels in, and I can imagine she would have. Um, didn't want to know anything about it. But she said that dad was so gentle, um, and she said that uh, after dinner they would sit at the fire, um, and he would read scriptures to her and just speak to her about the goodness of God. And slowly by slowly, mum's heart started to melt, and she's a firm believer today, and although she's in care, one of the things that she misses the most is being in the house of God. So we've all got these um, stories to tell, and I know that the decision my dad made definitely changed the trajectory of my life, so I thank God for that. Some of us not may have a spiritual heritage, but we can pass on our faith to future generations. It's so important to share these stories of faith and pass them on to our children. It's through the telling of stories that meaning and values are communicated. I love the story in Exodus about the Jews. They had a tradition of celebrating the Passover. It wasn't so much the celebration, but more importantly, it was about creating the opportunity through this celebration to share the story of God's faithfulness in their time. They wanted to pass this on because it was significant and it talked about the grace of God in their lives. Exodus 12 says, When your children ask you, what do you mean by this right? You shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord because he protected the house of the Israelites in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians but saved our houses. If we're going to develop a strong hedge, remember the value of fun, rituals and traditions. Fourthly, we need to build boundaries at our home. Healthy boundaries that keep us safe and protected. Be clear about what's okay and what's not okay. Most importantly, answer the question why. That usually comes at the age of two. Why? <laughs> the key is communication in families. As parents, we need to be firm but loving. The door of communication is always to be open. We need to listen. We need to be compassionate. We need to validate their feelings. And we need to um, place, uh, make a place of emotional safety. Make time to communicate. I know that our lives are busy. It's often when we're on the fly that our kids say something and we go, oh, I need to pause here. I need to... Let me go back to that. What did you say? Um, so it's those times that maybe someone's actually trying to reach out. And in Ephesians, it says, don't exasperate your children. I know that our children can exasperate us. Um, and what it's saying about this, it says, don't provoke them to anger. Don't use crushing discipline. Don't shame them or belittle them. Don't set inconsistent boundaries, making and breaking promises, but communicate with love and cool down. I know that sometimes they can really trigger us and push our buttons, but the best thing is to take a deep breath and just cool down. So it's sometimes we may not see eye to eye with our kids, but if we listen to them, they'll feel heard and they'll feel loved, and sometimes we can work things through. And in our days, how many know that we see so much anxiety and depression in younger and younger children? I don't know if you're aware of it, but definitely we're seeing more and more of it. It's the sign of our times. So today it's even more important. If you've got younger children, keep that good communication. Stay connected and stay close. Make time to be present physically, but also mentally and emotionally. Another way to set boundaries is to keep our homes safe. Uh, Louis Giglio's just um, done a, a series that I did with my life group. It's called Who's Sitting at Your Table? So it's kind of talking about the analogy of, you know, who's pulling up a chair at your table, making themselves part of your family or kind of just sitting up at, at our dinner. 
So it's kind of like, do we welcome in lying, gossip, anger, addictions and other healthy behaviours at our table? Do we allow unhealthy values to sit at our table? Do we just let them pull up a chair? Or do we stand up and ask them to leave? It's not what we do here and it's not who we are. The Bible says, bad company corrupts good character in 1 Corinthians 15.33. The verse applies to families as well. Paul speaks into this and says about who should be sitting around our table. He says, things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. These will bring our families into greater harmony. Another person that we may pull pull up at our chair is the famous technology and electronics. Can I see a hand somewhere? Not just for our kids, but adults as well. It's a huge influence, and although I needed it to write this message today, um, it can also have a negative influence on our homes and our families. It comes through games, through movies, through messages, through social media. And if we're honest, it compromises our values and can be a huge distraction. And it's addictive. We say, how is it addictive? Well, psychology will tell tell us it releases dopamine into the pleasure centre of the brain. It's the feel-good hormone. It's a bit like eating chocolate. I don't know how many of you enjoy eating Tim Tams. I do. It's kind of like I can't stop at one. I'm going to reach the next one and the next one before we know it. The pack's finished. So same, same with electronics. If you ever see a child and you try and take away their electronic from them, what do they do? They throw a temper tantrum. They don't just cry. They throw throw themselves on the floor, start stamping. It's a bit the same as when someone takes a Tim Tam out of your mouth. You would be screaming too. So just remember, when you're about to pull out the device from your child's hand, maybe give them some warning first. Negotiate a boundary. So set some healthy boundaries for yourself and your family. Some of the practical things can be maybe no phones at the table. You know, when we're sitting at the table, I love watching people in restaurants or cafes. How many of you see them? Sitting across from each other and everybody's scrolling, 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 scrolling. I think, oh, well, they mustn't have too much to talk about. Um, So no phones at the table. Craig Rochelle also suggested uh, three gadget-free nights for families. What a great idea. It's amazing how kids can become creative and so can we um, when we get get rid of our, um, our gadgets. So how do we build a healthy family hedge? Set healthy boundaries for all the members of the family. So not just the kids, for us too. Finally, we need the wisdom of God. We need God's wisdom on how to navigate the challenges of our society and the impact on our families. We cannot do it in our own strength. We've got to be kidding ourselves. We think we can do it in our own strength. James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives it to us generously. But we need to ask him first. We need God to help us make the right decisions. That's why prayer is so important because it's through prayer that God shows us what to do. So one final aspect of healthy homes is if they ask for help when they need it. An old Chinese proverb says, nobody's family can honestly hang a sign on their front porch that says, nothing the matter here. There's there's something the matter in every family and there's definitely something the matter in my home. Many of the cultures we grew up in said, definitely in Italian culture, You wash your dirty clothes at home. In other words, you never talk about your problems that you have in your house. Well, there's no greater lie. Some people are too embarrassed to ask for help. It's not about shaming your family. It's about having someone come alongside you to carry the load, to be there with you. The Bible said, pride only breeds quarrels. 
but wisdom is found in those who take advice. It's okay to say something's wrong. Get help if you need it. So don't ever feel embarrassed. It's okay. I don't believe that there is such a thing. I don't believe there's such a thing as a perfect home. I certainly didn't grow up in a perfect home, and Joe and I definitely don't have a perfect home. You just have to ask our children. So we can either despair or we can say, by the grace of God, we will build a hedge of protection around our home. So how do we build this hedge? Number one, build a personal hedge. Guard the hedge. Make time for fun. Create rituals and traditions. Develop healthy boundaries and seek the wisdom of God above else. Some people may say, but where do I start? Start today by committing your life and the life of your family to God. Beautiful scripture in Joshua 24:15 says, Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Ammonites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. This is where it all starts. It starts by making Jesus Christ the Lord and center of our homes. I want to finish this morning by speaking a blessing over you. So please stand. A blessing over you and your children. If you're with your spouse, you might want to hold hands. So the Bible says in Numbers 6, 24 to 27, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and let him give you peace. I pray that you receive that this morning. Father, I just thank you for this word this morning. I pray, Father, that it would sink deep into our hearts because more than any other time, Father, we need your grace. We need your presence in our lives. And most of all, we need a spiritual hedge around our homes to protect us from the attacks of the enemy, Father God. We know that the war is for our soul. It's not a war for anything else. It's not a war for our money. It's not for a war for um, the, the things in our lives, Father. But it's the war for our soul because it's the most precious thing. So, Father, would you build a hedge of protection around our souls, around our hearts and around our minds and around our families, Father God. We just declare this over, you, over us this morning. Father, I just speak Jesus over... Uh, this church this morning. I speak healing and I speak breakthrough over every situation that might be in the homes of these loved ones here today, Father. Would you be with us and would you bless us? I thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you.